It's time to get the most in-depth coverage of University of Tennessee football recruiting with Football Futures. Now, here's Josh Ward. Welcome into Football Futures. Thanks for being here tonight. My name is Josh Ward. I'm with you for the next half hour, getting ready for the Big Orange Hotline coming up at 8 o'clock. Tennessee is coming off a very important win over Mississippi State this past weekend. Tonight's show will look at the positives of that, the potential positive impact on the recruiting trail from Tennessee getting a win this past Saturday. A couple of things happened. One, you get the win. You can build on that. Two, you avoid a loss and the negatives that would have come with that. Coming up in just a few minutes, Jesse Simonton of VolQuest.com is going to stop by the show, and I'll talk to him about the positives from the win, how much Tennessee really needed that to be able to go out on the recruiting trail and sell some kind of progress with some local guys that are considering Tennessee and you know some players up there on the defensive line, guys up front who Tennessee really need to help continue to build what I think has been some nice progress for Tennessee, big picture over the last several weeks, but also the last year plus with where Tennessee is along the line of scrimmage. Speaking of that, I was thinking about something Jeremy Pruitt said back in August, talking about the defensive line which came out of that Georgia game not producing a single quarterback hurry. But this past week, Tennessee's defensive line helped produce 10 tackles for loss with seven sacks against Mississippi State this past weekend as well, six of those coming from guys up front. That was really important for Tennessee's defense. Maybe that's a sign of progress as well. But in segment number two, here's something that Jeremy Pruitt said about that group. Maybe we are seeing what he was talking about. That's all right here on Football Futures, an update for you on the recruiting rankings out there as well. Football Futures every Monday from 7.30 until 8, covering what's going on with Tennessee football on the recruiting trail. I want to welcome to the show now Jesse Simonton of VolQuest.com, covering Tennessee football on the field, Tennessee football on the recruiting trail as well. Follow him on Twitter, at Jesse R.E. Simonton. Jesse, I appreciate the time as always, and we are having a conversation coming out of a weekend where Tennessee actually has something positive to build on. Now, a long way to go this season, but from the recruiting standpoint, it's got to at least be easier for coaches to uh, call up or message recruits after a win than uh, than it has been after a lot of Saturdays this season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we talked about it coming out of the heels of the Georgia game where they had you know a couple nice drives, but you still end up losing by four touchdowns. They needed to see it. We, this is something we've hammered home really since the preseason that, you know, guys want to see progress. They want to see that tangible growth. Now it's not going to always be linear. Uh, and it certainly hasn't been the case for, for Tennessee to, you know, six weeks so far this season, but Saturday was an example that, that, you know, the staff can say, Hey, we out schemed another staff. And not only did we out scheme them, the players that we have developed now through the first uh, month plus month and a half of the year, you know, they finally kind of imp- were able to implement that game plan and go out and make plays. Whether that was the offensive line finishing that 91-yard touchdown drive, they strung together probably three of the four best running plays in con- in succession that they have all season. Or the defense, you know, just creating all the havoc, you know, getting some turnovers, but really out scheming and kind of full of Mississippi State on multiple pressure packages, sending guys from various angles. Uh, you know, you get seven sacks and you have three big defensive linemen that you're going all uncommitted, all guys that your major priorities, Octavius Oxendine, Jay Hardy, and Tyler Barron, all there for that. You know, that, that certainly didn't hurt. Jesse Simonton, VolQuest.com. Yeah, so why don't we keep the conversation there? Uh, early reaction, what can you tell about the impression made by Tennessee on those guys, especially Oxendine, uh, getting him into town to see Tennessee? 
Yeah, I think Tennessee has made a move with Octavius. He was a guy that Tennessee uh, and Tennessee that, that some staffers felt really good about um, early in the summer. And then, you know, he didn't make it back up here. He'd been to Kentucky several times. The Wildcats uh, were feeling pretty good about where they stood with Octavius uh, heading into this weekend. And I think Tennessee has kind of flipped it on its heels. They knew they had to play catch up. They kind of blew the visit out of the water. He was the only official visitor, and I think that was kind of key for them to kind of put multiple coaches, whether it's Diedrich, Brandon Diedrich, the, the, the quality control coach who's kind of been big behind the scenes for them, for the balls there, or Tracy Rocker, Derek Ansley, you know, and then head coach Jeremy Pruitt. So Tennessee feels like they made up a lot of ground there, not over, but they feel like that they're in much better standing with Octavius uh, than they were just a week ago. They, they, they continue to like their chances and spots with, with Ty, uh, Tyler Barron and Jay Hardy. It's kind of a win, not if. You can't outright rule out a team like Ohio State where, where, where Barron did visit a couple weeks ago. Um, but a win like that on Saturday, that was something he was looking to see from the Vols for them to get that done. You know, he has a teammate, Cooper Mays, committed, former teammate, close friend, Keyshawn Lawrence, committed. Um, I think Tennessee has kind of continued to further help themselves there. Same with Jay Hardy. Again, when you look at kind of the foundation of the class, if you can add, add those guys to the mix, you know, start at least pick off several of those guys in Memphis, then you're looking at really the foundation there. And then it's kind of what can they build around those guys to kind of close it out in in December and in February. Yeah, getting a win and avoiding a loss. Barron and Hardy would be a couple of guys you would point to there, wouldn't you? Because if, if Tennessee had lost to Mississippi State with Bama coming up next, then it would be easy for those guys to start to at least say or think, you know, I don't know. Maybe I need to think elsewhere. Seeing Tennessee beat Mississippi State can maybe help reaffirm some of the thoughts they already had on Tennessee in, in favor of the Vols, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think especially for Tyler. Uh, just, you know, ha- having talked to some people around that recruitment, I, I do think that, not that he was getting skittish, but there was some kind of, all right, you know, I, I believe in the, in that staff. I believe in what uh, the direction of the program. But it's sometimes, it's, again, you get, you got to kind of see the fruits of the labor a little bit. Um, and so for them to beat, it was a toss-up game. I know Tennessee was a seven-point underdog. I didn't really understand the Vegas line. Um, I thought it was, you know, I, I did. Uh, I was not surprised that Tennessee won, although I did think that Mississippi State came in um, as the better team. But Tennessee just played better on Saturday, and that's all that mattered. They had a better game plan. Um, they, 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 you know, they got, they survived the fact that their starting quarterback threw two red zone interceptions, got knocked out with a concussion, had a starting linebacker kicked out of the game you got a safety that breaks his leg and and they win the game largely on the backs of a bunch of guys um who have you know been much maligned the last couple years and in in a slew of kind of butch jones castoffs whether it was tyler bird tim jordan matthew butler you know these guys nigel warriors probably put together the best two games of his career in back-to-back weeks um so that is something to build on and it is something that, that that this staff can say hey you know we're starting to get the best out of these guys you know what look what we could do with you Jesse Simonton, VolQuest.com. Yeah, some of those things you laid out there, especially the turnovers in the red zone. I, I bet if Jeremy Pruitt knows that's going to happen before the game, uh, he, he's not feeling great about the way things worked out. And, and they changed things along the way. Jared obviously came in and, and played quarterback, and they were awfully conservative starting with that first possession there. But that that in itself is maybe something to build on because when it's 13-10, it's easy to have the thought of, well, here they go again, and then Tennessee put something together to close out the game. Uh, a lot, everybody probably over there needed that. Yeah, I, yes, and I think I think that's why you saw the celebrations, you know, or what they were. That again, uh, they won the game. I think largely, you know, 
uh, on, on uh, so many guys, and, and you've been around many of these conversations, Josh, where people are talking about, you know, Pruitt's guys are playing the young guys. Well, they have gone to a number of young guys across the board. But at the same time, the, you know, the roster is still 50% of guys that Jeremy Pruitt did not recruit. And a lot of those guys are going to need to contribute if Tennessee wants to still, you know, have, have hopes of getting to a bowl game. And on Saturday, for one Saturday, they did, you know. Tyler Bird had made one catch, and I think his, the, his last 20 games combined, he had three on Saturday, a couple big blocks. Obviously, Daryl Taylor finally kind of had his breakout performance. I mentioned the guys that, you know, no one really probably would have blinked an eye if, if Tyler Bird or Solon Page or Tim Jordan, um, some of these guys had kind of transferred in, 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 in whether it was the beginning of the season or even when, you know, you saw guys after four games doing that. Uh, and instead, they've stuck around, and they helped Tennessee win an SEC game and kind of at least for now, stabilize the ship. Yeah, and, and of course, we're going to talk a lot about those young guys, and they are playing important roles, but Tennessee can't succeed if Daryl Taylor, Daniel Batuli, Kavon Bennett, Latrell Bumpus, Matthew Butler, those are some of the names you just reeled off there. Tim Jordan has been really important for them in the offense, especially that final drive. Tennessee can't succeed as a team if those guys don't help and in some ways lead the way. I Absolutely. I think I... I I mean, I've been you're, you're singing you're singing my song, yeah. uh, Josh. I mean, I I understand the criticism, and I understand the the when you when you just read off some of those recruiting classes, basically 2015, 2016, 2017. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of eggs there. Um, but again, you can't just write off a third or half of the roster. And mm-hmm. um, to the to the players' credit, those guys have stuck through it. Those guys have stuck in. Now, maybe some of these guys ultimately do you know, seat greener pastures uh, after this season. I don't think it would surprise anyone if a guy like Garantano, you know, opted to play his final season elsewhere. Um, but they were, you know, present and, and pr- have practiced hard. The coaches counted on them when they needed them most. And again, Tennessee for one weekend, uh, those guys were able to kind of smile and celebrate and, and, and let off a little steam. All right, uh, Jesse Simonton, VolQuest.com. Uh, before we wrap things up, uh, there is that quarterback conversation, and uh, part of it involves Brian Maurer being knocked out on uh, Saturday. Uh, both starts, he's had to leave the game at different times because of injury issues. But w- what do you think this week, and then what we might see at that position moving forward with Brian Maurer and uh, Jarrett Garantano? Well, I, I mean, I do think that you know Jeremy noted that he practiced on Sunday, and that's a lighter practice. So we'll see, you know, where he stands on Tuesday. Um, but if he was out there yesterday, one one presume that he's going to continue to take some reps. It would not surprise me at all if Tennessee maybe played both guys uh, just to kind of continue to maybe um, protect Maurer a little bit, but also, again, kind of keep uh, JG engaged. Um, but if they feel like that, you know, 18 is, is, is full to go and, and can be out there, you know, they've deemed him the starter for two straight weeks. So, uh, it, you know, he may get the, the, the full lion's share. Um, of reps uh, in, in Tuscaloosa. I think right now it's just a little bit early to kind of know exactly what that plan is. We'll probably have a clearer indication um, coming out of Wednesday's practice, certainly as they go through that walkthrough on Thursday and Friday. Do you think a lot of what Brian Maurer has shown is what coaches have seen behind the scenes? He has the playmaking ability. He has the ability to make some pretty critical mistakes as well. Is that what they've probably seen behind the scenes as well? Yeah, and and I think that's why Jeremy Pruitt, you know, was uh, I guess it was after the Chattanooga game that you know he had talked that there wasn't a lot of separation between Maurer and J.T. Shrout. I do think probably the one thing that Maurer does better than the other two quarterbacks, um, regardless of just his athleticism and kind of how quick his release is, 
he does seem to kind of inspire the confidence of, of those around him. And, and I think that's important for Jeremy Pruitt. You know, that's something that Pruitt was kind of openly critical about with, with Jared Garantano. Not, not to say that Garantano didn't always do that, but that, you know, he would challenge JG that, you know, you got to make the, the other 10 guys around you, you know, play better. Um, and, and, and I think that Maurer and Callaway and Juwan Jennings and Palmer and those guys, I think they certainly have a lot of confidence uh, in the freshman quarterback, and I think that just kind of has helped lift up the spirit of, uh, of the whole team. Tennessee moves forward into the second half of the season. Bama's going to be tough this week, but a bunch of winnable games uh, later on in the season. Tennessee will try to build on what happened this past weekend at Mississippi State. Uh, Jesse, before you go, any other recruiting notes, anything to pay attention to here coming up? The Vols have two more weeks before they get back home. Two more weeks before they get back home. I guess one other big visitor here this weekend. And they, they did get several commits back in town, which was important. Elijah Howard, 2021, also was big. Uh, Harrison Bailey back on town. He threw six touchdowns on Friday night, ran for another seven touchdowns. Big, huge night for him. Uh, it was good for him to get back into town, too, also to see a win, but to kind of be uh, with the staff and kind of reaffirm that commitment. But then a 2021 quarterback, Christian Ballou, he's a guy that came into town uh, and camp with the Vols this summer. You know, it, it, it seems like a long way away, but even 2021 quarterbacks are flying off the board, and, and some guys at Tennessee – uh, has liked and has had real interest in are already committed elsewhere. So Christian Ballou is a guy that this staff has kind of circled uh, with Chris Winky and Joe Ostevet, um kind of taking the, the, the head of the head of that recruitment there. You know, that that's one you, you may see them push for um, down the road here because, again, you, you can never get in too early with some of these quarterbacks. You're right about that. Jesse Simonton, as you covered, VolQuest.com. He and the team there. You can follow Jesse on Twitter as well, at Jesse R.E. Simonton. Jesse, appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much. We'll talk again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Josh. So we'll see what happens with the quarterback position moving forward. Brian Maurer's health as this week goes along, and that'll be something to pay attention to, I'm sure, as the season goes along as well. Tennessee is halfway home, and the Vols did not hope to be 2-4 and four at this point in the season. Really, I think Tennessee hoped to have a reverse record there, 4-2, and two, with losses that were largely expected against Florida on the road and Georgia at home. But Tennessee's 2-4, and four, and the Vols have to make the best of the situation that they're in right now. And that won't be easy against Alabama coming up on Saturday, but there are several winnable games remaining on the schedule. We'll see what Tennessee does against those opponents starting in a couple of weeks when South Carolina comes to Knoxville. That's going to be a big game for both teams, really. When that game takes place, South Carolina has Florida coming to town this weekend as Tennessee gets ready to go to Alabama. Coming up next on Locked on Vols, something Jeremy Pruitt said back in August, looking into the future with Tennessee's defensive line. Or we may be seeing what he was talking about at the time. That's coming up on Football Futures, a look at the recruiting rankings out there as well before the Big Orange Hotline takes over at 8 o'clock. That's right here on FM 99.1, the sports animal. From the Budweiser Studios of Cumulus Broadcasting. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. This is Sports Radio WNML. Checking in with Tennessee football commitments and prospects. It's Football Futures with Josh Ward. Welcome back into Football Futures. The Big Orange Hotline will take over coming up at 8 o'clock live at Dead End Barbecue. Tennessee coming off the win against Mississippi State, getting ready for Alabama coming up on Saturday. Here in just a moment, you'll hear from Jeremy Pruitt, something he said in August talking about Tennessee's defensive line and how much learning those players had to do. 
Are we starting to see some of the development he was talking about? I'll get to that. An update on the recruiting rankings out there as well. And a thought on where Tennessee goes from here. Tennessee has six games remaining. The Vols need to win four of those six to get to a bowl game. And really it's kind of Tennessee needing to win four of five with beating Alabama being very unrealistic this upcoming week. Tennessee's, of course, going to try, but it's not going to be easy, obviously. So I'll get to that coming up in just a moment as well. Right here on Football Futures on FM 99.1, the sports animal. And with Tennessee's defensive line having such a good performance this past Saturday with the sack numbers and the tackles for loss and Tennessee shutting down Kylan Hill, who entered the game leading the SEC in rush yards per game and yards from scrimmage through the first five games of the season for Mississippi State, it was really an impressive performance. And you you do have some either young players or guys who are really inexperienced at the start of the season. Some of them are older guys like we were talking about last segment. Kevon Bennett's an older guy. Matthew Butler is an older player. Those are guys from the 2017 class who came in with the expectation that it would take some time for them to develop, and maybe we're starting to see that. And it made me think about what Jeremy Pruitt said back in August. This is uh, a comment he made talking about playing along the line of scrimmage, actually with both the defensive line and the offensive line, but he was talking about the time it takes to develop. And it's maybe the most talkative he's been since he arrived at Tennessee to be the Vols head coach. But listen back to what Jeremy Pruitt said, talking about defensive line development and then also the defensive line versus the offensive line and how they can be viewed. This is Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt. Right now we're, we're, we're still like with most of our players on the defensive line, um, we're still in elementary school. Okay, uh, hopefully this next week we can get to junior high and the next week we can get like we're in high school and eventually be on the college level before the season's over with. Does that make sense? Just in knowing those things, I, I, to me, I, I look at it like this, okay? We all get in the car every day. When y'all leave here, y'all going to get in the car, okay? And you're going to drive whether you're going out um, Alcoa Highway or, or um What's is it Kingston? Yeah, out, out there. So uh, when you get out there, uh, just shut your eyes while you're driving down the road, okay, and see how well you do. Because uh, if you don't know the things that I'm talking about and you're trying to play defensive line, uh, you're basically playing with your eyes shut, okay? So that's not really easy to do. So we've, we've got to do a good job of coaching these guys up, and they've got to understand it and learn it, you know? So – you know, we can sit in a room and we can talk about it, right? And we can show it to them and they get it. They can write it down, uh-huh. They can give you the answers and all that. But when you go out there and the heat index is 105, do they really get it, okay? When it's the, the, the 65th minute of practice, do they really get it? When the offense is dadgum sticking it down their throat, do they really get it? I don't know. That's what, that's what we're trying to do is figure out <clears throat> who can and who can't, right? So right now, we got ways to go there, you know. But offensively, you know, I see guys that show promise up front. Uh, but, you know, with that position, it takes all five guys playing together up front. Those, you know, an offensive line, they've got to play together because it only takes one of them to mess it up, right? One guy messes it up, the other four can do it right, makes, makes all five of them look bad. Whereas on the defensive line, uh, three of them can mess it up, and one of them uh, can, can really not do what he's supposed to do, but just because he's really good, he goes and makes a play where everybody thinks the defense is pretty good, right? So it's funny how those two positions are perceived. Jeremy Pruitt back in August. I thought those were 
some interesting comments. It's just one game. Let's see how Tennessee develops from here. But it was a nice showing by the Vols this past Saturday. A recruiting rankings update for you. There's not much to report on Tennessee's side, as UT still has 14 commitments in the 2020 class. The Vols currently ranked 23rd in the 247 Sports Composite Ranking. Tennessee is 27th in the country in the Rivals Rankings. And Tennessee right now holding steady with its commitment list. If the Vols add somebody like Tyler Barron or Jay Hardy, Vols will go up. Tennessee is in a position where it's going to be difficult to go get those big-time heavy hitters that we spent a lot of time talking about in the summer. I think that's pretty obvious at this point as well. But there is something to build on. Getting to a bowl game at this point is going to be really difficult. It's possible. It could happen. It's just going to be a big-time challenge for obvious reason. Tennessee is 2-4. and four. The Vols need to go 4-2 and two in the second half of the season. But if you look at the schedule, there are a bunch of manageable games for Tennessee. South Carolina is a winnable game. So is Kentucky on the road. UAB is a game that Tennessee just absolutely has to win. Vanderbilt's a very winnable game. That's a team that's really struggling. Missouri on the road is going to be really tough. It's winnable. Tennessee will be off the week before playing Missouri, and Missouri has games against Georgia and Florida leading up to it. But Missouri is a good football team as well. What Tennessee needs to do is focus on continuing to develop and play better. You hope to get some breaks on the injury front because Tennessee is dealing with some depth issues at a number of spots. One thing that we can say for sure, Tennessee's players are continuing to fight and continuing to work hard to get better, and that's something to build on moving forward and moving toward the future of Tennessee's football program, which is what this show covers every Monday evening from 7.30 until 8. My name's Josh Ward. I appreciate you hanging out. The show will be posted in the podcast section on the app and the website, so check that out. Sam Foreman, our producer, gets that up for you every week. Thanks for hanging out here tonight. Big Orange Hotline is coming up next, talking Tennessee and Alabama right here on FM 99.1, the sports animal.